today we recap Texas 2K and we talk about a special hybrid power plant for the 350Z in this episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast. My name is Mike Delashman and in the episode, per usual, is my good friend and co-host, Miles Hall. Hi, everybody. I'm glad you're back, man. Um, I know, uh, you know, what's funny is that we always talk about people listening. No one's listening. That's the way I think about it sometimes. No one is listening. No one is listening, but ever. Uh, for those Just who our do. our mothers, our parents, yeah. and Isaac. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Just... <laughs> but for those who may notice, we are, we may sound different in this episode. We are recording remotely. We're, mm. we're both in our respective homes. Uh family uh, with family and part of that is uh, obviously it's a big it's not even national news it's world news the uh, the quarantine or sorry the the coronavirus right now the whole spread of something that nobody should have or nobody wants yeah. it and and so we're we're definitely doing our part corona and, yeah, yeah. Corona. never heard of it no, I know exactly. What is this? What is this? I never guy? leave my house, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything about anything. It's funny you <laughs> say that. What's funny is, uh, no matter where you go, you start hearing from people talking about certain precautions you should take, stay inside, all this and that. And I, the more and more they say this, I feel like my life has not changed at all. Which brings <laughs> this, it's a huge realization of how much of a of a of a homebody that I am. It, they, there's a word for it, I think, introvert. And I then, am. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we're 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 nerds by yes, by yes. by by description alone. I mean, we we live our lives going from one. We migrate from one garage to another garage <laughs> of another friend to work yes. on their cars and look at whatever new Nissan nerddom they have in merchandise, shirt, or you know, poster, or like a, a toy or something. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. We're nerds. And, and well, we're so totally into this nerddom that, you know, we don't trek out in in conditions yeah. that are unfitting to our character. Yes. I, th- <laughs> I think... For any reasons. Like, not sure. like cavemen going out into the into the Arctic or, you know, hunting for game. It's like, it's funny you mentioned that too, because I think the most social time that we are like out in public and, and this is an exaggeration, but there is a lot of truth to this. I'm sure you might relate to this is that the most time that I'm actually out in public and is when I'm at in the toy aisle looking for different types of hot wheels that are, <laughs> <laughs> And it's, no matter where you go, it's always the big bucket. They're not even organized. They're just like no, that's yeah, that's there. like the flea market yes. idea of like the it's the I don't know. It's kind of like a cross between like bobbing for apples, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then like I don't know, like it's weird. Like I'm not one of those people that on Black Friday would fight for a TV or you know like that, but. If Hot Wheels wants to see a bunch of Nissan guys fight it out in the aisles at Walmart, put some yeah. rare limited edition ones out there, and then have Walmart yeah. throw them in pits, oh my God, people would yes. be getting be getting TKO'd. I'm telling you, it's nothing. <laughs> it really is. The big was, one, yeah. No, I was to say the big find right now is those uh, those Nissan um, display sets. 
for yes, multiple um, cars in one package. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Tw- they're twenty four ninety nine. I think is what you can find them in the stores if you're lucky enough to find them. Yep. But when you find them, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm not gonna go hunt for them in the stores. I'm gonna find them through like, I don't know, eBay you know, channels or Amazon, and they're like right. seventy five ninety nine. I'm like, <laughs> the eye gouging is insane. Uh-huh. I'm like, Jesus. Sometimes I, mean, I get look, I, I get lucky. Sometimes we'll go online and I'll find something that someone's actually being modest. They're, they're being honest, I should say. They'll actually sell it at a premium. It is a premium, but it's it's not gouging uh, the price on it. But it, it'll be maybe an extra three or four bucks, and then shipping on top of it. It's, Sometimes it's to me, it's enough worth to it, pay but, for my time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be honest though. Uh, I'm not sure. I think you got one as well. When the 300ZX had just uh, been re-released through Hot Wheels, uh, we had a few friends. They mailed us a Hot Wheels. Did, did you get one as well? I thought you did. Yeah, I know. That was really I, awesome. But I am, you know what? I don't practice hoarding, you know, in any respect. I've seen whatsoever. your wall, man. During Are you the, sure? Can I finish? <laughs> during this okay. coronavirus? Uh-huh. Like, you know, but I will hoard Nissan Hot Wheel toys yeah. like like people go trying to snag TP. So I weird. will, it will literally be crazy. I don't know why. It's just, I've yeah. got like this infinite supply and collection of Hot Wheels toys. And it's just, I don't know. My wife uh, always, <laughs> she's like, you know, it's like, it's that you're a grown man. It's an investment bait for our future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stocks. That's what we think I of wish, it as sometimes. I wish like I could see myself um through like other people's eyes and see how sad and and uh, i probably am but the realization is that i don't want to because i'm happy with my little toys now so i I think i know for a fact that we've seen ourselves and other people but we're in such (laughs) denial anyway but now we're not that bad we're not that bad all right so between let's move on uh, with today's episodes and get away from hoarding uh hot wheels and hoarding tp so Uh let's uh (laughs) What do we got on today's agenda, Mike? What are we What are we talking about today? Okay, okay. So I've got a few articles out that we want to sh- that I want to share uh, with you this this uh, this episode, and a lot of the theme is uh, with, with these articles is just tremendous amounts of power that are coming out of these these engines, these Nissan platforms, um, as of you know the last let's say even year, uh, much less a a great display of it. If uh, what's actually happened uh, these last couple days ago, and that's how I want to start off with. Um, first things first, this was an event, and, and tell me whether you've gone or not. I've Unfortunately, I have not personally, but uh, maybe you have. Uh, Texas 2K out in Houston. This, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've yeah. been twice. Um, they, were, they were spaced out between each other for many years. I think I went in like, God, like 2004 and then like. 2010 or something like that but they've been yep. they've been doing it for a while i think yes since 2000 right it's been uh 20 years yes they have uh it was a very very small event okay so so anyway for those who don't know about texas 2k it is a quarter mile drag racing event and most recently they've had they've had roll racing as well but mm. it's a very american thing to do isn't it i mean it's not just an nissan event that's not true um everything you know all the American brands and uh, and a lot of Japanese brands, especially in the last 20 years, you know, the, the amount of power that we're getting out of these V6s and inline sixes with turbochargers and whatnot, 
the Japanese brand in general, Japanese manufacturers, they're really showing some some good some good competition. But again, Texas 2K, this one in particular, Texas 2K20, it's a big drag racing event, happens every year, uh, typically uh, in March, and it's located in Houston at the Houston Raceway Park. But uh, a lot of shops come in throughout the year from, from all over the country to compete. Uh, this, this, this event has really become a, a stage for a lot of performance shops and a lot of racing teams to really make an impression and, and to maybe even debut a lot of their latest products to show how much power you can get with their products, you know. And uh, this is definitely one of them, though. This year, we had about Actually, you know what's really funny about this? Again, with this whole corona thing happening. Uh, Typically, this event draws in about 30,000 people nationally into Houston. And, and of course, that's ramped up. This is how much how popular it's become. But uh, this year, because of this this, uh, pandemic, the the races, actually attending the races has been restricted to just the racers, sponsors, crew, media, etc., but uh, you could watch it online, which is actually pretty easy. For, the, for those who watch it, I hope you got to see some good action happening, though. But uh, enough about the event. What I really want to do here is really just let people know how Nissan did, how Nissan shops did, uh, how they represented the brand. And, and there's a lot of good records that actually – a lot of records were broken at Texas 2K this year that I wanted to share with you guys. All right. So, let's talk uh, about them. Let's, what do you got? Okay. Okay. So – a lot of Nissans came out to this event, and they represented it very strongly this year. And so I just want to share uh, a few things about the cars, the Nissans that actually made it out there, and the Nissans, I, sh- I need to, and the Infinities, I should say. Uh, Nissans and Infinities made it out there, and, and it really showed strong, and I wanted to share some of that. First things first, man, I, you know, like I said earlier, drag racing in general is not really, hasn't really been a Japanese thing. You know, of course, you could say it originated with American muscle cars racing in a straight line, of course. In general, to you, Nissan and motorsport, do you see Nissan as a uh, a drag strip type of car? What do you think about that? Well, I mean, we're talking about all the makes and models that are out there. And I can tell you for a fact, you know, I was watching VHS cassette tapes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the 90s. With guys doing quarter mile uh, racing uh, out of Japan through all the option videos back in the day. Okay. Um, and uh, I mean, you can find a lot of those through YouTube that people have, uh, you know, scanned the VHS cassettes or, or, or coded those over into into formats, mm-hmm. and and you can still catch those. I think it, it it was it was extremely popular at the time because. I, drifting at that time was very underground, still hadn't taken off, and it really didn't right. take off until, I don't know, I, I, if I had to guess, it was going to be the 90s, probably about the early 90s is when it took off. But at that same time, quarter mile, quarter mile, and then you had your uh, your mountain folk um, that yes. were running up and down the mountains. That's, that's that how I see really, it. And that's how it was really split between um, split between those two. Now, I could be wrong. Obviously, I wasn't living in Japan at that time, but... I had a lot sure. of, um, um, being a military brat, um, yeah. you know, we just, we got exposed to a lot of different things in a lot of different areas. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's just what I kind of noticed as a, as a child, you know, when I, when I was kind of into this. And then of course you had things like initial D and that, that kind of changed a lot for, um, for, mm-hmm. 
for dividing uh, those two. But I really think there was a division between those type of racers and and each other, and just like there are nowadays. But getting back to your point and mm-hmm. the discussion topic, do I think there's Nissans out there that were kicking butt back in the day? Hell yeah. I mean, there was there's all types of videos yeah. of the old R32s out there killing it. Um, you know, you've got the old Z32s and Z31s that were out there just destroying it. A million Datsun 240Zs that were out there um, yeah. just killing it for the longest time. I really saw those as the same vehicles that would always be racing and always be racing. Um, yeah. the, the, the videos I remember as a kid. Yeah. Now... And- Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's it's a whole different ball of wax because now that the platforms have changed from rear wheel drive to all wheel drive, front wheel drive, you know, uh, naturally aspirated, you know, forced induction, and then you know now they're full out race classes. I mean, it's, it's it is crazy. I remember going to like Longhorn Nationals here in in Texas. And I remember seeing, you know, these people weren't racing Nissans, but you got, you know, when the when the scene really blew up, and this is all pre Fast and Furious days, you got guys like <laughs> Kubo. That, that and, is true. Um, that Papa is true. I mean, they were all, it, it kind of originated with the Hondas because it was cost yeah. effective to get into. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, Nissan's always been a participant in those yeah. things. And I think yeah. now that the power plants are there, and you've got yep. the teams that are willing to invest in the platforms, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, we're starting to see it, and especially with the new, um, these new, uh, the GTRs that are out, you got the, uh, Oh, naturally. As soon as the GTR came out, even the last 10 years, uh, they man, have dominated you know, well, just out of the, out, then, off the showroom floor. Well, these infinities are killing it now too. I mean, yeah, the really these fifties and oh man, it's just it's insane. It mm-hmm. is insane. I mean, there's so many shops out there doing so many crazy things. Yeah. I mean, um, well, now at, at this event that you kind of checked out, um, mm-hmm. did you you notice any uh, manufacturers or excuse me, any shops are out there kind of killing it, breaking records? I did. I did. What's really cool uh, about seeing these shops is that you know it's honestly they they were. They were breaking records in these cars. Um, Nissan definitely represented very strongly, though. Just to right. recap, just before I do that, though, just to let you know, uh, there were over 40 GTR participants in in this event. Uh, this is the R35 primarily. When it comes 40, to 40 GTRs at a, at a single event? That's You know, that's I, a I, had a, I had to count the brackets, the number, because, you know, you have your tournament brackets, and I'm counting – how many GTRs are in it, but it was mm-hmm. about 40, just over 40 GTRs in this competition. And wow. I know for, there's a certain thing about this Texas 2K as well, is that you get laughed at if you have less than 700 horsepower, you know what I mean? So I can definitely tell you that these GTRs were built. There was uh, actually a 280Z that was out there, a power plant, I, I'm pretty sure it was uh, modified, <laughs> but uh, I, I, there was a a Sylvia 240SX with a 2JZ in it, and uh, that's kind of an offshoot. But hey, it is a it is a 240SX that was out there, uh, and they did they won they won a 2JZ class. That's actually what I should say. It was a 2JZ class, but it was a Nissan that won the 2JZ class. <laughs> that took it with the swap. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's that's what I wanted to make a point of too, which is really cool. You would think it'd be a Supra or some you know some sort of Lexus, you know? No, it was it yeah, was a well, Nissan. That's that's yeah, uh, we'll talk about. I want to talk about swaps actually in, the, in one of our, our future articles. Uh, we'll get into that here pretty pretty soon. But uh, yeah, let, let's move on. What, what else? Uh, what else kind of happened? What are the highlights? 
Right. So uh, there were two shops out there that I just wanted to give some uh, kudos to out there. Uh, they were able to break records in the Nissan world at Texas 2K. Uh, the first one was uh, AMS Performance out of Chicago. I think a lot of people know who they are. They're very, very into the GTR R35 platform. Uh, they were actually the first shop to get a GTR to break into the nines, they were the first to get into the eights, the sevens, and now at Texas 2K, AMS Performance was the first shop to get a GTR into the sixes in the quarter mile. And I think that's just crazy. Uh, if you watch this video, the amount of effort, you, I mean, you see, you really see the amount of effort and teamwork that goes into just trying even just trying to break a record like this the amount of again just typical the 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 blood sweat and tears that that goes into trying to break a record and uh ams performance they 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 killed it they are the first gtr at texas 2k to get a gtr it was a nine i'm sorry a 696 i believe in the quarter mile and it was very very impressive so I, i definitely wanted to call them out and say kudos to them to, to get out there and do what they did. They actually battled a, an engine fire. They had to do an engine swap this whole weekend. And on top of that, they still made it into the sixes. So it was very much deserved, I think, uh, the amount of hardship they went to and to persevere like that. So they should be very proud of that. AMS actually broke a second record also at Texas 2K. Uh, they have a shop Q60 Red Alpha Coupe. And they are now the first shop to ever get a VR30 engine into the nines. Uh, they act, this is the one. 996 was the was the time in the quarter mile. And uh, this is I'm not sure if you've seen it. It was all over the internet uh, for a while there. The uh, like a matte red uh, Q60 yeah. coupe. Did you yeah, see this? A, yeah, there's a YouTube video on it. I I, uh, I know which one you're talking about. Cool, cool. There's actually a really nice in-car video of, of the pass they did, specifically this this pass that got them into the nines, though. But you know what? Automatic transmission. It's it's still you know you, you would think it's a some some sort of swap when it comes to the transmission, but nope, no, they've got automatic transmission running through the thing, and I think it's very impressive. Again, the the, the VR30, the engine that is in the Q60s and also the Q50s, it's been about four years since this engine's come out. To see this amount of development, it's it's just getting stronger and stronger it, throughout the entire community as well, the, the entire Nissan community. All these shops are, are, are going for these VR30 swaps now, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to see this. So, but again, just wanted to give a shout out to AMS for for getting two cars to uh, break records uh, this this last couple days ago. I got another shop that I want to give a shout out to. Uh, this was Soho Motorsports, and they're out of North Carolina. They made their way from, well, from North Carolina. They made their way to to uh, to Houston for, for again for the event, and uh, they debuted at at the event. They debuted a new uh, turbo kit that they have. It's a single turbo kit for their for their shop car, which is the 370Z. And I'm gonna run a few numbers past you, man, and you, you let me know whether what you think about this. All right, uh, 32 psi. They're running E90 fuel. At the wheel, they've got 1,084 horses and 726 pound-feet of torque. Good and, lord! And this is in the <laughs> uh, this is in the uh, Z34 platform, 370Z. 
370Z. Yes. Good this Lord. was, they, again, uh, before. They're probably ripping they, up trannies. <laughs> so uh, it, it's funny you say that. Yes. <laughs> they destroyed two transmissions uh, yeah, throughout the week. Coming. They, and if you see the pictures, it's ridiculous, man. The input shaft, you know, of course, we, we've done engine uh, transmission pulls and, and clutch kits and stuff. The input shaft, the, the part that goes into the back of the engine, sets up the clutch kit and all. This thing snaps. the housing or something? Yeah. It's not even <laughs> the housing, but yeah, that shaft, they've got these pictures, and you can see it's hardened steel, some of the hardest steel yeah. that you can find, heat-treated and everything else. And you just see this nice blue ring right before it broke. And they did it twice. They did it twice. It was ridiculous. So they're this unbelievable amount of power coming out of this engine. Uh, the yeah, VQ-37. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, when you're making that kind of power, I mean, you know, those transmissions become sacrificial lambs at that point. You're yeah. just like, all right, we know we're going to have so many runs. We know how many runs we're probably going to get out of a transmission. Uh, eventually, though, those guys are going to get to that point, especially that shop, knowing what they can do. They'll beef up that tranny one of these days and uh, maybe uh, step it up, step up their game. And the next thing you know, they'll have a tranny they can they can potentially punch out a lot more runs with. But oh, man, the, I mean, they're gonna they're they gonna got have the power. To. So oh yeah, they're gonna they have got the to. Fuel, I mean, they got the power, the boost. Oh my god, I don't know. I'm sure that turbo is the size of somebody's head. I mean, it's probably <laughs> massive. So it, it is huge. It is very huge. Was, I'm not I think, surprised. I think they actually removed. The, the I think it's the passenger side headlight. Just to yeah, make I was gonna say fit. I was like that's a that's a direct feed, so it's gonna be like <laughs> either sticking out of the sticking out of the hood, or it's gonna be part of the headlight, or sucking directly out of the front of that car. Which most of those cars pull in that kind of time is you know that's how they're all set up. So yeah, I, I think but, in the future here the uh, the transmission, of course, that's the weakest link at this point I can imagine. So yeah, if they're gonna make yeah. continue passes. Their, their transmission budget's going to go uh, – it's going to be down to zero <laughs> really soon here if they don't make a change. So, Well, uh, they're, uh, those guys – you know, kudos to them, though, for, for getting yeah. that single setup. So, all right. Bye. Cool. cool. Anybody well, else? again, I, I just wanted to give those two guys some love on that, and uh, I think uh, it, it's definitely paving the way for for more and more power. Again, if you, if you thought this was enough power, there's never enough power, especially to the quarter-mile guys and okay. uh, what they're doing with these things. So, again – just props to them, and I just wanted to share it with, with you and everybody who everybody out there. Uh, if uh, they they sell products as well, they, these kits that we're talking about, they don't just make them for themselves. You know, they <laughs> they make them for kits. You can you can buy them. So hey, maybe if this any of this for you guys in the in the market for a turbo kit uh, for yeah. your ride or an upgrade, uh, hey. Maybe see these guys. They can definitely help you out. I, I would trust them personally. Yeah, and they, they've been supporting the community. Um, I, I've met them once or twice, like at a, a maybe a Z convention, or I can't remember exactly where, but they were super nice guys. I've talked to them on the phone once or twice for, uh, for yeah. helping out with other people's, like, uh, setups and just basically basic tech questions. Yeah. And uh, they were always nice, uh, really nice on the phone, really able to walk you through it. So customer service goes a long way with me when it's when uh, in those type of uh, respects. Kudos to them for uh, for being the business that they are. I've worked with them um, a few times before, and I, I I really like their products. I think they put out a quality uh, quality products overall, and uh, most of their stuff that I've seen. Um, so I don't know. That's just my my two cents. But. Cool, cool man. Good good thing. So. All right. Uh, well, I want to move on from the drag racing stuff. I want to. Uh-huh. I think we've had enough of it, right? Just for, for today. <laughs> you had your fill. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I've had my fill for sure. You know, it was funny. I, I actually started out as a big drag racing guy. That's what I wanted to do. I bought my Go first on. twin turbo, one in the drag race. And, you know, the more time you get behind the wheel and I, I uh, and I still do, it's a lot of fun, but uh, uh, I've been more of a, more of a track guy lately. So I, I, oh, there's more to do. So, all right. So moving on, I do want to share a second article and this was actually a, a, a video post on on YouTube. This was reported by Speed Academy. Uh, they have their own channel there. And what they do, and this has been happening for well over a year. They they follow a certain shop called uh, On Point Dyno and Race Service. Mm-hmm. And their shop car is a 350Z. And it's not just any 350Z. They've done numerous features on this car. They have broken records. Again, on the theme of breaking records, On Point uh, has, has been making some very impressive uh, news over the last year or for over a year. Just recently, they've broken a record for most horsepower from a naturally aspirated VQ, VQ 35 HR. When it comes to power out of the VQ at the wheel, you know, you could probably get, you know, naturally aspirated, you know, low 300s, you're probably getting, if you're lucky in the 400s, the option for most power has typically been a supercharger or, or a turbocharger. That's that happens in most cases. Yeah. But uh, this one naturally aspirated. They had gotten 537 horses to the wheel. That's and, a highly modified, highly modified block. Oh yeah. I can tell you right now. I mean that that girdle is probably beefed up to <laughs> the baddest boy that they can do. They probably mm-hmm. utilized a lot of the or retro a lot of the the turbo stuff that they're kind of doing for that platform these days. But, this build. Well, I mean, every one, every one of those V, uh, of those V's that I've seen that have all been detonated or grenaded. It's, it's, I don't know. It, it seems like the, like the, uh, the part is always going to be in that girdle. It's always that. I mean, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I'm curious to. Uh, I haven't seen the actual build on the block, but I'm curious to go through it. It's um, a very impressive build. Yeah. Um, this is actually. Who touched it? Uh, yes. This engine was co-built, uh, I believe it was built in general, from uh, with Jim Wolf Technologies out of California. No, you know those guys. Yeah, we know those guys. There's your answer right there. Those guys, are, <laughs> those guys have been in this game for a thousand years. The and cam they design, kill, yeah, yes, I mean, compression, they, they have work. They, they design their own cams in-house, man. If they you've do. ever been to that shop, I mean, those guys... Those guys do not play around, and they've been in the game for a really long time. So I am not surprised there. They they do nothing but quality work. So yeah. and it's and, and it's super not, nice. All those guys I mean, are great over there. So and it's not your typical 3.5 liter. This thing's a 4.2 uh, liter. Uh, I think stroked out, bored out <laughs> engine. I mean, it's punched out as much of, as it can that's go. A lot of volume. You've got. <laughs> I'm it, sure it is. Oh yeah, you've so. got uh, independent throttle bodies on the thing. You've got again this amazing cam work, head work. Other one ITPs, nice. I haven't seen it yet. I'll have to check that out. Um, this is very, really, very really good. So again, just starting off here, naturally aspirated, 500, almost 540 horses to the wheel. What I wanted to share with you though is that you would think that'd be enough, right? But <laughs> go on. <laughs> from go a naturally on. aspirated, but no, no. Okay, so on point racing again. Uh, I guess their technician to build. Uh, I think owner as well as goes by uh, Sasha. Uh, he's actually incorporated hybrid electric power into this engine alone uh not only is it naturally aspirated but now you've got an electric assist it's not what you think too you know you would think 
okay, how, how are you getting that power to the wheel, right? It's, it's, is it all-wheel drive now? Is it electric to the front and, and, and the... So this is their power adder. They're, they're essentially, they're, at, the well, they're adding hybrid technology as a power adder to, yes. the, to the platform. Okay, that's so true, yes. that's that's what we're doing. It's a, so is it? Can I? So is it something that adds on to the torque to the power output? Okay, that makes yes, sense. Yes, it's, it's a, now it's you got. Now open. I'm interested. Now I'm super <laughs> interested. So I'm gonna have to check that out. It's right. it's the first of its kind, and, and that's what I, what I think is so important about this about this uh, th- this release that was just made. Uh, it's the first Z that I recall having not only this amazing engine, but now it's got this electric assist on top of it. This, this motor that they've added, this electric motor that they've added will give the car an extra 200 horses, 200 horse motor. Okay. So you're now you're, now you're in the range of about 700 horses and, and you're not even using a turbocharger or a supercharger. How cool is that? You know? This this build though, just getting back to the build though. Uh, again, there was a nice nice video uh, on the Speed Academy YouTube channel. They're still going through the proof of concept phase. Uh, they did have some dyno runs. It was very very fun to watch. the The current output that the motor is giving is about a hundred extra horses. So you know they're at the at the wheel they're about the six hundred range. But this this is still a development a, a huge R and D project. So there's at least but another hundred horses coming coming your way with this car. So uh, <laughs> again, just on this episode, we're talking about breaking records in a quarter mile. This is a record on its own, not only for naturally aspirated engines, but to be the first Z with hybrid electric power on, on a on a naturally aspirated that's broken a record of its own already. So this is just some amazing things to keep an eye out for. You know, and and kudos to Nissan. I mean, because people don't realize, like, uh, like I keep talking about how Nissan's going to be fine through all the the craziness that's happened over the last year and everything mm-hmm. else. But you uh, you got to understand that Nissan is is placed for the game ahead. So like right now we're dealing with everything with the market. You know, the coronavirus has obviously tanked a lot of the markets, but. Nissan was already prepared and kind of ready to go for all this stuff. You know, I, you know, I follow the the market and I follow, um, you know, how Nissan and, and, and its partners kind of do. I mean, but mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, now that we're talking about, you know, technology and things like that, and you kind of touched a point that I, I meant to talk about here sometime sure. today, but I was watching, uh, I was watching the market for the last couple of days uh, for Nissan stock and how they're doing. And they're kind of holding strong, waiting for things to settle down and they're going to, from what I can tell, they're going to put start putting a plan together that they already had in place before any of this happened. So they were kind of in a better spot. But I read an article today in Morningstar, and it was talking about you know how the future of uh, Nissan's going to uh, potentially roll out and how they look as a company. And mm-hmm. I wanted to read it for you. And it said, through its Renault's alliance and ownership in Mitsubishi, uh, Nissan enjoys economies of scale due to cost sharing arrangements with its partners nissan is the prime mover in all electric powertrain vehicle technology for the mass markets enjoying a temporary competitive advantage as early as early adopters are willing to pay a premium to be the first to possess the new technology first on the block first on what typically and that makes sense yes Product line expansion and penetration in growth markets should enable in uh, improved operating leverages. And I was reading something in another article, which is a lot longer. I'm not going to bore you. <laughs> but it was talking about the Chinese markets and how Nissan's doing, you know, with the situation. Mm-hmm. 
about the uh, Chinese markets and how Nissan's doing with that market. And um, and it said something about like uh, Nissan had just potentially opened up its manufacturing plants to uh, they reopened their manufacturing plants in China, which are small oh, wow. production from what I can tell. Okay. Um, in an effort to um, you know kind of help where they could with the market, mm-hmm. or help where they could in aid with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But the 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 thing that got me on the article was um, they move a million on the average about a million cars in China. That is insane. I mean, think about it. A million yeah. units in China in that market. It, you know, that I mean, they have That's a pretty true. hefty foothold there. I, I'm assuming, you know, with everything the way it pans out and yeah. things are, I don't know, I personally think things are slowly starting to, to get where they need to be before we settle down with this whole bit and get back to our normal lives. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, a huge number. I'm always... Yeah. You know, and, and with everything that they're putting out for all this Formula E stuff that's out there right now, I mean, they're, they're, mm-hmm. that technology that they're putting out right now with the the mobility systems, I mean, are just it's really impressive. And I, I can't harp on it enough. And I know people are always like, oh, whatever, here he goes again. But, but really, <laughs> that technology, whenever you see it this early, when you yeah. start seeing it in more performance-oriented platforms – it's the grassroots right now. It's very much the entry of what's going to happen. If you fast mm-hmm. forward to five years from now, you're like, damn, about that new blah, blah, blah model that just came out with that powertrain. Uh-huh. It really is going to be the future. And I could tell you, it Nissan is. is one of those companies that's placed in it. Now, if we could just get some models out there that we we can get behind and and, uh, and start falling in love with again, that'd be great. If you did me like, if you gave me like a, a highly technologically advanced like version of a of an e-motor with a with in the IDX or something. Oh, forget mm-hmm. it. You have my money. Take my money. <laughs> I mean, I would that buy it. True. I mean, yeah, it's not gas powered, but in a small platform like that, it makes sense. Yeah. You, know, you know, if you ever did it in like I don't know, like a Z or you know, it it would be it would be kind of be laughable um, in a sense. But I mean, if you did it in a small platform, dude, I would totally invite that all day long. I, I would, I'd buy one, you know, uh, tonight. So yeah. you know, because we obviously there's there's articles that fly around pr- pretty frequently these last couple of months uh, about uh, about Nissan and just the challenges they have ahead. How crazy would it be though? And and I and I, the more I think about it, I sort of believe it that you know they've got an ace in the hole. And they just haven't let it out yet. You know, does that make sense? They, yeah. Sorry. They, they've they've got a few they've got a few aces underneath their sleeve, and they just haven't used them yet. And yeah. I think they're really developing it right now. You're right. I mean, this. I mean, I think we all know. I mean, I, I'm a gearhead. I, I love gasoline, but uh, you know, hey, it is. I mean, it's it is a brave future. new world. It's a brave new world. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's going to take some time, and I and I'm going to enjoy every minute until then. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but uh, it, it is coming. And hey. You know, but yeah, yeah. and it kind of starts like that. You'll, I I feel like your future car guy or your millennial who will eventually have some, I don't know, salt and pepper in his beer line and his beard line are are eventually going to be like, you know what? I have my, I have my gas powered and then I've got my commuter, which is also pretty cool because it's blah, blah, blah power or it's got this technology in it. I mean, that's it. That's the give and take. You know, you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll, that's the way that the world's going to go. We, we, we save the, the lineage cars and uh, you know, the ones that are going to be worth saving. And then eventually it's going to go from there. And I, you know, I have this feeling like, you know, they'll do remember uh, years ago, Obama did it where he did the, uh, I don't know. I I can't, 
I was going to say cash for clunkers, but I don't know if that's exactly what it was. It was. But I, guarantee, I guarantee you'll probably have something like that that'll come out, and I'm guessing, five mm-hmm. years from now. I could be wrong. We could fast. We could listen to this in five years from now and be like, man, I was right. To, but to expedite the process, to, you mean? To transition? expedite the process of killing off the old, uh, the old market. I get, it'll happen. But you're thinking, you're not thinking about it. I'm, I'm talking like Toyota Corollas. I'm talking like the, the typical uh, commuter cars. The typical commuter cars that are the the sacrificial uh, vehicle in a in a family unit. But yeah, you'll still have your leverage car, your uh, lineage cars, or library cars that are gonna that people. As long as there's a respect keep. for that too, I think, because you know people a lot of times, you know, you've got a lot of people who actually invest in cars. I mean, sort of like an investment. You know, you 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 hear about it. These guys that have tons of money and they have these warehouses full of cars. You know, it's it's like a piece of art these days. You know, it, it trades every couple of years for an extra, who knows, $10,000 more, you know, more than that, you know. Well, it's just like, you know, you it's going to be the same thing, you know, and it's all as times change. Like you, when I grew up, there was domestic guys and they're always like, man, you know, um, <laughs> if I would have known that that car was going to be worth something, I would have put it away. Same thing yeah. for us. When we were in the 90s and we were beating up, um, you know, 240SXs and, yeah. you know, uh, all these other Z31s and 240Zs, for Christ's sakes. Those things yeah. were just being hand-me-downs and beat-downs. <sighs> and now it's like, you know, if we would have known that they were going to be worth yep. a damn, you know, I mean, <laughs> we probably would have taken be- better care of them. You know? I've but heard a lot of stories. Are. I've heard a lot of stories of regret. Just exactly <laughs> how you've mentioned. I've had buddies t- come up to me and and these are guys that I just work with. They're not even exactly Nissan guys, but they kind of get they catch wind of what you know what I'm what my hobbies are, and, and I share it with them. And they go, "Oh yeah, you know I did have a Datsun. It was my first car. I was 16, and I paid 300 bucks for it, and it was a 510 coupe." I'm like, "Man, you know, okay, that car would sell for God 10 times. This depending on condition and everything else, it, it would sell for way more than what he would pay for it had he just." Kept kept it, but there's a lot of stories like that that I hear, and I, I know but, where you're you coming know, from. But that's the whole point, and so I, I guess that's what we're kind of surmising in this episode today. I mean, all these people that are taking their cars and making them something different, you know, by breaking records and going out and racing and things like the Texas Mile and and modifying mm. them in a way that's never been modded before. Yep. You know, is it are are they uh, are they're obviously not purists, but they modded the vehicle the way they wanted to mod it, and they lived that uh, that ownership of that vehicle to the fullest. But you also have guys out there that lived it full, but lived it to the fullest by just you know maintaining it and waxing yeah. it, and then taking it through the family experiences. Like, hey, I I you know we brought our got daughter married. home in this car. Yeah, you know, I brought exactly. my kid home. I got married in this car. I went to college in this car. It's like, yep. it, it's definitely. I mean, that's the thing. That's the beautiful thing about community. It's like there's all these different people that are out there, all these different models and all these different fan clubs and groups and, and social set and social settings with all these things. But the big thing, and this is kind of what I, I take back, you know, guys like you meet all these people in your, in your, in your life that kind of tell you, you know, yeah, there's cars, but then there's like people that kind of just, it makes sense. Like, and that's one thing, like when I, when we met like Mr. K, he was always like, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these people in this world, but it's like, I sit at a, a different plane, uh, I guess. And he was trying to explain it to me. He goes, you know, you just, when you, when you've sat and met and shook the hands of like X amount of owners, like I have, mm-hmm. you realize it's like, they're all 
connected by the same fiber. They're just, they're, yeah. they don't realize it yet. And it's like, they, we still, we still gave them a product that gave them an experience mm-hmm. that they're going to take with them for the rest of their lives. And, uh, and it defines some people and just like it defines you and me, you know, I mean, now we're, we're doing a podcast I mean, for Christ's sake, <laughs> I mean. but you know, and that, I guess that's what I kind of want to bring it home on. It's like, uh, you know, yeah. we support the community because, um, you support the brand, you know, without your support, the brand would really be nothing. And, and that's what it is. And I think that at these times right now, we need to make sure that we're out there supporting the brand and supporting our communities and supporting events that support the brand. You know, uh, that's very, very important to me. So, uh, yeah. I, I hear what you mean. This has been another heartwarming fireside chat with Miles Hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. All right. No, so I, I hear I, you, man. I, I no, get off I, my soapbox. I absolutely and, agree. It's, so. I love to hear it, though. I mean, it never gets tiring, but uh, – well, I'll get off my soapbox, but good. what All do we good. got coming up in our next episode? That's the big thing. Okay, coming up on the next episode, uh, we've got – well, you know, we talked a lot about the, the grassroots aftermarket teams that do a lot to Nissan. I think our next episode, we've got a lot of news happening with Nissan Corporate, and I uh, yeah. want to share that with you on your next episode. Before we go, before we go, I just – typically around this time near the end of the episode, what we what I try to do is try to share with people upcoming events. Well, unfortunate people, it's no it's, – it's very obvious there are no <laughs> upcoming events right now. Uh, a lot of these events have been canceled or postponed or there's some sort of abbreviated version coming up in, in the future a couple months from now. But again, just to let people know, if, if you are in the area, uh, wherever you're near in these events, it takes – I think a lot of times not enough appreciation is given to the event organizers who, who have to go through these processes. And it's a very painful decision sometimes to cancel or postpone an event that they've put – their heart into you know, every year. There are a lot of events, Miles, you know this, uh, a lot of events right now, of course, in the Nissan world that are, are being either pushed uh, or canceled this year. Yeah. And for a lot of people, you know, it, it, it's their purpose in life and they do it every year. And then for this year to kind of, kind of really be a, a stick in the wheels, I just want to give these guys, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much for keeping your drive for the events. Obviously you care about it very much. And for being as passionate and just continuing to always a lot of them, they just want to have a plan for the for for keeping it still this year, but later. And they're going through a lot of heartache, perhaps right now. Again, a lot of time, a lot of money gets invested. These contracts when you you, miles, you know, you know, we've we've done event contracts with hotels and and Mm. other venues. Uh, Oftentimes, there's not a lot of opportunity to back out of contracts like that. I'm sure I'm, I'm hoping, of course, right now. There are a lot of businesses that are being very courteous or having a sense of humanity around this time, though. But again, it's, it's huge investments sometimes. And I just hope that a lot of these events, of course, they make it for another year uh, or for later on this year. So, yeah. again, upcoming events, again, not really about events, but for those who are uh, organizing them, again, events like that, you don't get paid. You really don't get paid to, to host events. You're not making much money and it's not for you. Typically, it goes to a charity of sorts. But for those guys who are doing it, you know, we've got a handful of friends that do it pretty, uh, you know, every year. Just keep on doing it, man. We're on your team. I'm here to support you. We're here to support you. And uh, we recognize you. So that's about the last I wanted to say with that. Anyway, that was my my fireside chat for just a second. <laughs> I was just, you beat me yeah, to it. I was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, God. I was oh, like, Jesus. Oh, 
Poor baby. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and rock Mike D to sleep tonight so he'll go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another episode, guys. We'll uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast, hosted by Miles Hall, Mike Delashman, and produced by Isaac Rogers. If you like what you hear, find more episodes and other content on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Use the keyword Nissan Nerd or look for the links in our episode notes. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Write us a review, share with your friends, and provide suggestions for future content on the Nissan Nerd Podcast.